Hi everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We are your hosts, Deja and Saskia. In this podcast, podcast number five, we'll be discussing the impacts of corona on sustainability in relation to the environment, animal welfare, economics and humanitarian issues. Yeah, so obviously COVID has impacted the world very, very dramatically. And today we are going to just summarise a kind of a big range of topics, which some of them link to each other, others don't. But, you know, just to give you a broad summary of the impact COVID has had on sustainability. As I'm sure a lot of you have heard about the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, It's an initiative by the United Nations, which started in 2015, and it predicts, it sets goals for 2030 for companies and governments to comply with. And some of the goals which Corona has impacted very negatively has been um, goal number one, which is to end poverty in all forms everywhere. And unfortunately, even if it wasn't for COVID, by 2030, we would have not reached the sustainable goal of ending poverty because 6% of people would have still lived in poverty. But it's crazy because Corona, it has actually led to poverty rates reaching 8.8% in 2020, which is very crazy to think about because it's the first time poverty rates have increased since 1998. Especially since the 2008 financial crisis, you would have thought that that would have the biggest impact, but obviously this is much worse and also what i found interesting about like comparing this pandemic to the financial crisis in 2008 is that then globally pollution emissions did did reduce by one percent which was obviously a positive thing but then equally they skyrocketed back up even at a faster pace than they were increasing before that's very true and i think one thing that has come out of the pandemic is the reduction in pollution um, and there's been a sharp dip in air pollution across China, Europe and the US with a record 5% annual drop. And I'm sure everyone can remember the news stories at the start of the year in March and April about the water being clear in Venice and about how the dolphins were back and about the Blackpool beaches, that the water was clear. And it was very interesting because as the pandemic went on and people started to become less obedient and start going to the beach and start going out again, I remember seeing pictures of Blackpool Beach and it was no longer anywhere near as clear as it was back in March and April. And the number one polluter, which is the oil industry, is down. And I remember in March that the oil prices went ridiculously. And if I'm correct, I think it actually dropped below the pound. I've never, ever seen that in my life. But the thing is, as good as this all is, at the end of the day, as Stasia pointed out in 2008, although it dropped and it came straight back again, it, the predictions are the same. It's just going to bounce straight back. And like I said about Blackpool Beach and how back in August it, it started to become dirty again, as much as the environmental impacts have been positive they haven't lasted and they probably won't do unless we make substantial change yeah see that's very interesting because with obviously the environment and the polluters and fossil fuels obviously there's very big corporations which are stood behind this and the pandemic has undoubtedly harmed the prosperity and the profit of those corporations and some of them have actually in my personal opinion have been good because it has led businesses to you know, rethink and restructure their business strategies and governance models to be able to still continue to develop and grow throughout the pandemic and also cater to customers in a different way and also their employees. Uh, Working from home is something that we'll actually touch upon in this podcast. And although oil prices did significantly drop because there was 
not as much demand for oil and fuel because obviously people were traveling a lot less and commuting to work a lot less. The shortage of capital has actually still had a negative impact on sustainable and renewable businesses, which, you know, do produce, let's say, renewable energy and renewable product. I actually saw that in a survey that only 30% of professionals said that their company was continuing to invest in sustainability, aid energy saving technology during the pandemic. And this is because they put their money to prioritizing making enough money to go back to the pre-pandemic levels in order to save people's jobs. Yeah, and just exactly as you said, one of the main factors which businesses stop paying attention to and stop investing in and whenever there is, you know, some sort of economic instability, investments in the prosperity of the environment and sustainability are the first to go. As we spoke about in previous podcasts, environmental issues aren't always binding and this means that the company has a lot of flexibility with what they with where they want to go so obviously when it comes down to something so unprecedented like the covid pandemic which quite obviously no one had planned for it's the easiest thing to cut yeah but also hopefully the pandemic has taught businesses and corporations and you know leaders of countries that actually having a sustainable strategy which or goes beyond just the environment but also goes beyond the way people can work the way you manufacture your products your supply chains you know it would have taught them how to be more sustainable and actually be able to overcome challenges such as covid and be more flexible in the way they run their business even before the pandemic in the atmosphere of brexit there was a lot of talk about reshoring which is bringing manufacturing and the supply chain back to the uk and i think especially since the the pandemic this has become even more important as we are impatient 21st century humans and we're so used to next day deliveries like asos amazon and um, links in the supply chain that was broken because of the pandemic such as shipping from china caused massive delays in deliveries which has brought about the conversation of reshoring which would obviously reduce the environmental impact because we no longer have to ship from faraway countries and it would also create a job market here in the uk interestingly enough this actually would very much benefit to sustainable development goals which were negatively impacted by covid that is goal two which is to end hunger achieve food security and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture because obviously by improving and securing your supply chains whether it's you know bringing them back to your own country it will still make sustainability more possible which is obviously very beneficial and as previously mentioned covid has had a very very bad impact on poverty rates and bringing more manufacturing into your own country will increase the amount of jobs that are available i think this is especially important because these sort of jobs don't necessarily require any qualifications so they're basically available to absolutely anyone this is greatly important because if people even if they are trained for certain markets and these markets collapse then there's jobs available as a backup because also as a result of covid there has been a very significant decrease in in, in in-person trading, which is obvious because of social distancing and lockdowns. And usually in-person traders are the people with lower qualifications. So informal work has globally dropped by 60%. So I think, but if more countries do start manufacturing more of their product domestically, that will give people more job opportunities. And reduce the carbon emissions, which is an overall positive so although the pandemic has 
as we predict temporarily decreased carbon emissions, uh, waste production has actually increased very, very significantly. So in Wuhan alone, Wuhan is in China where allegedly the virus originated from, um, the volume of medical waste, which is masks, gloves, MTIV bags, has increased from 40 tons per day to 240 tons per day at the height of the pandemic. Same in the US, there has been a surge of nearly 500,000 kilograms worth of solid medical waste. It's a very tricky subject because you're basically weighing up the value of human lives against the environment. And obviously the environment is more important long term, but currently human lives are more important and it's what we do prioritise. And it's very complicated as well because there are some materials which are medical that you could recycle, but obviously the virus is something very, very novel and scientific research is still ongoing. So to then expect also hospitals and the companies to try and recycle it is just unfathomable. And also if it's contaminated, then essentially there's no way of recycling it because that's just putting more lives in danger. You've also got to think when the pandemic kicked off, no one expected it and every, it was all hands on deck to save lives. And like we said earlier, sustainability is the first thing to go out the window. So they just wouldn't have had the time to think about recycling. But in addition to medical waste, there has been a significant increase in just everyday plastic waste. So in America, for example, the use of reusable bags has been banned. So you can only use one-time plastic bags. And in Italy, uh, there has been an 111% increase in consumers spending money on packaged goods, as opposed to, for example, loose fruit and veg. Which you can see people's logic because at the start of the pandemic, everyone was scared and they were just thinking of every way they can to protect themselves. So by buying vegetables that were covered, they obviously think the veg won't carry the disease, but there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that corona can spread by food. However, the virus can live on hard surfaces for up to 72 hours. So essentially that was, of course, just people being scared and trying to do the best for themselves, but as a consequence, you know, with the lack of knowledge harming the environment, and also, as a result of the pandemic, obviously a lot of people have started online shopping and especially Amazon being one of the biggest e-commerce platforms, their orders have absolutely skyrocketed. As I'm sure most of you know, they usually deliver their uh, packages in cardboard and that has resulted in nearly 1 billion trees being cut down and used for those packages, which of course have inevitably contributed to deforestation on a brighter note, although not necessarily linked to the environment, there's been a lot of awareness about animal rights that has come out of the pandemic, especially in China around the wet markets. China has banned the consumption of 64 wild animals in response to the pandemic. This doesn't include common animals like chickens and fish, but does include more uncommon animals such as the white-bellied rat. But also something that we need to think about is of course us being and growing up in the UK, we ha don't really eat exotic animals because that's not part of our culture. But if in a country it is part of someone's culture, we can't necessarily pressure them to stop eating that type of animal if that's something that's part of their tradition. It's not necessarily the animal, the type of animal being eaten that is the issue, it's the way that it's stored. Because on the wet markets, they store alive and dead animals together and a mixture of different meats. But it is also, of course, very positive that 
you know, the countries themselves are acknowledging that their practices should perhaps be improved or changed and it's not necessarily the Western world pressuring those countries. So throughout this podcast, we've spoken about the positive and negative outcomes of the pandemic, but what can we do moving forward to ensure that sustainability continues? Obviously, on a personal note, there's things that we can all do within our homes to help sustainability, um, such as using reusable masks or washing your hands more rather than using sanitizer. As we touched upon before, buying loose veg instead of packaged veg, and also by taking your own bags to the supermarket. In relation to businesses, one of the biggest things that I think businesses will adapt and continue to practice beyond the pandemic is a remote working and work from home because actually a lot of employees said that they prefer this and that it works better for them due to family commitments, um, etc. And in relation to sustainability, this of course helps emission reduction because less people are traveling to work, um, whether it's by public transport or by car, therefore this inevitably has a positive impact. It's also stopped working abroad. I know personally I have a family friend who used to fly out across to Europe to do business and his company's actually said that from now on they're not going to do that because the Zoom meetings are working perfectly fine. And although this might perhaps dampen people's moods or young professionals and want to travel for work, but at the end of the day, I think you do need to prioritise the environment. And as you get older, people don't even want to work abroad as much because when you have a family, you want to be at home, you want to spend that time in, the, in your home that you've created. And as you mentioned Zoom, Saskia, this is another thing that companies should definitely uh, learn from the pandemic and include in their business strategy, is being more innovative in the way they work, the way they manufacture, and even just the way they conduct meetings. So using more technology and just allowing work to be more remote. Definitely, they really need to utilize the opportunity and the gap in the market. If you're a company and you market yourself as environmentally friendly, not greenwashing as we spoke about in an previous podcast you will inevitably attract more customers suppliers and employees and this can also very much benefit companies in saving money in terms of doing everything online i know a lot of companies they actually pay for their employees to travel to work whether it's via public transport and essentially if you're paying for your employees to come into the office only three times a week or two times a week or you know however rare or often it may be as opposed to every day companies will be saving money as we spoke about the 2008 financial crash the world was in a very different place to we are now and there was a lot less technology so although the pollution went straight back up after this and everyone went back to work hopefully we won't have that issue now because we do have the technology to work from home and to work in a very effective way yes so thank you very much for listening we do hope that you've learned from this podcast uh, and enjoyed it and we will see you next week see you next week